Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey folks, welcome to the Doggy Pod and thanks for listening at such a hard time in the world today with everything that's going on in the Middle East and the Ukraine and everywhere, you know, the shootings that have gone on. We hope that this is a bit of a distraction from all those awful things that you have to see in the news and uh, that you can relax a bit and think about other things other than the horrible things. So we hope you enjoy it and if you do enjoy it, tell you what I'd love you to do, get on Google and give us a review. We'd love some reviews to come through from you people. Or, or on, uh, uh, Stephen Peters here, by the way, or on uh, whatever platform oh, you yes, listen sorry. to it on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. Yeah, we'd love to get a review and uh, see what you think of the show. Of course, if it's a one-star review, maybe just keep that to yourself, I reckon. But uh, Yeah, no, don't tell us about it. No, I didn't want those. No, no, no. <laughs> four, four star and above, please. That would be great. Yeah, welcome back uh, to the Doggy Pod and uh, lovely uh, heartfelt sentiment there, Rob, at the start. Yeah, hopefully the Doggy Pod's just a nice little bit of um, animal escapism. For you, for a so, bit. some relief from difficult everything time. else that's happening. Yeah. Yep. Hey, we're not. Yeah. T- we were inundated uh, since our last. Uh, oh, yeah. Pod. See, sorry about the gap too between the episodes because we've been um, we're well into production now on uh, our movie that we're making, which is called Archie AI, and we've actually started shooting. So we're 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 all super busy, but uh, we'll keep doing the doggy pod. Don't you worry about that. But yeah, apologies for the big gap in between. But we were inundated with um, comments talking about our last episode, which was all the weird and wonderful animals that Dr. Rob's actually worked on over the years. It's been amazing. We have, uh, yeah, a wide variety of uh, critters that I've been fortunate enough to deal with, um, reptiles and avians and probably nearly every classification of animals. People often ask me why that is, and I don't know. I've just always had a fascination with nature, even as a child. I mean, uh, the more mature members of the audience would uh, <laughs> remember a chap called Jacques Cousteau who uh, yes. brought a lot of National Geographic things to the television screen with underwater 
Didn't he um, invent the scuba gear? Was that he him? was one of the men who invented scuba? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Oh, well he, done, Rob. Oh yes, and I know that because I scuba dive, as you know. Well, you I'm, dive a lot. Yeah, you dive yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, I've taken you diving, and, uh, and in fact, so the animals I've worked with have been both above water and underwater. I've had a, a pretty varied life with animals, an enjoyable mm. life. Well, what I what I wasn't aware of until we talked about this was that, um, yeah, you've you've been involved in looking after a lot of sea animals, including yes. sharks. Sharks. Yeah, yeah, I got involved with sharks um, quite some time ago. I was wondering. I mean, frogs. We all know that frogs are a great indicator that the environment is very good. Wherever frogs are, mm. the environment is clean and unpolluted. When the really? frogs go you know that you've got trouble in the environment. Now, people often ring up and say, listen, all the frogs are croaking, I can't sleep. Well, that's good. It means that your environment's healthy. Stop complaining. But we, I started wondering whether a certain species of shark was like that. Uh, I noticed the numbers would change a little bit. And they're called Port Jackson sharks. We see them uh, yeah, pretty well all around the place, but a lot of them in, uh, in Sydney, Sydney Harbour. Harbour. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And... Kernel, and there was a, um, a, a quite a flux of them one year, and then not so much the next year. I wondered if the water quality reflected the numbers. So, and the other thing I wondered: do they keep coming back to the same area? These sharks, there's two types of uh, reproduction systems in sharks. One is they bear live young, and mm. the other one is they lay eggs. Uh, Port Jackson sharks lay eggs. If you ever see the egg of Hang a on, Port so Jackson some, shark, some give birth to baby sharks to, and to some life, lay baby eggs. sharks some other others lay eggs and port jacksons right. lay eggs their eggs looks like a something like a, a spring from a car it's really rubbery and, and quite funny to look at but i started right. wondering about that so a friend of mine and i a chap called david baxter who i dived with a lot we decided on a um, a, a research program where we'd, we would microchip the sharks to find out if there's if they come back to the same place to lay their eggs, a bit like birds. Yeah, birds. A lot of birds go back to the exact same, not just the same island, the exact same nest that they had the year before, and lay their eggs there and ha- raise their young. We wonder if the sharks had a similar geographical locating device that they came came back to the same spot. The problem was, Stephen, that uh, these sharks come in in wintertime, so mm. we were much younger then. We dressed up and <laughs> you know, went off microchipping sharks. And uh, we were getting some good figures, uh, and then the government actually shut us down. They thought maybe we were harassing sharks. So who was paying yeah. for it in the first place? We were. Really? Yeah, we were funding it ourselves. Right. Um, but the, the government said, no, you don't have a, a permit to do that, so we're not going to A shark-tagging permit. Shark tagging, and the and the um, reason that they did it, they built a, a, a desalination plant near there. So I, I was wondering if they were worried whether the desalination plant might affect the shark environment, and whether we'd have something against them on that note. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was a bit silly, but uh, we were getting figures where sharks were coming back to the same spot. Uh, what we didn't know was you know, were they waxing and waning in numbers according to the environment. Uh, that's what I would have really wanted to research, the you know, temperature um, and any uh, other things in the environment, pH, of course, because that's affected by 
um, certain chemicals. Salinity, so how did, how did you things. tag a shark? How do you do that? I well, mean, how do you get a shark to actually, sit still for a Actually, it's quite funny because people say, oh, they're just gummy sharks, they don't hurt you. One of them actually bit David quite badly on the shin, took a great big chunk of skin off his shin. I shouldn't right. be laughing, but we, <laughs> we both laughed about it afterwards. What, so you just uh, had to creep, creep up on them and correct. tag it? Yeah, th- yeah, they're a shark that do sleep. You know, most sharks have to move all the time. These guys don't. They'll just rest in caves and things. So we just snuck up behind them and grabbed them. Uh, being careful not to get uh, spiked by this big horn they have on top uh, of them on on the dorsal fin, um, and unfortunately, I mean that's what happened to Steve Irwin. He was not with a shark, but with a, a ray, mm. with the horn they have in their, you know, that spine they have in their tail yeah. went straight yeah. into his chest, and that was that was so so sad and so unfortunate. So we had to be careful. We weren't going to get spiked with the horn from the uh, shark from the Port Jackson shark, and we just microchipped them always in one spot so we could go back and just scan it uh, the next year. But, wow. uh, yeah, it got shut down. So it was a bit of fun. And, and, and again, because it was nature and, and I could maybe give something back to nature that might have helped the environment, that's why we started that research pro- project. But we've you, done a lot of you, marine life since. Well, you've also done, good. you've also worked on seals too, haven't you? Oh, seals have been, a, they were a big part of my life at one stage. Um, there was a. Not a many col- people can say that. Seals were a big part <laughs> of my life. Well, I even had uh, a, a seal. In my pool here at home, once. No, <laughs> I'm serious. It was sick, and someone had to look after it. So rather than getting up at four in the morning and going out to where he was being kept, mm. um, we transported him here. I had a saltwater pool, and he was quite happy in here and got better <laughs> and went back. So, and you get very attached to them because seals are very similar to dogs. You know, when you hear a seal uh, making its noise, it's it, mm. ha- the seal barks just yeah, like a dog. Yeah, yeah. It has whiskers just like a dog. The male seal has a bone in his penis, which is called the os penis, and it's dead ringer in shape and size and everything for a dog's penis. So <laughs> dogs have a bone in their penis as well. They're both you know, very, very similar in so, so many ways. Uh, and, of course... They relate to humans. They can relate to humans, even though they're a wild animal. They're not. Um, yeah, you've got to be careful if you see them in the wild. Don't go trying to pat a seal; they'll bite you very quickly. Mm. They're like dogs, and they've got big teeth, and they protect. Um, but, so they can know, get sick just like any other. Oh yeah, animal. yeah. And we had to anaesthetize one once, and that's always scary because they're un- unlike um, other creatures. The ones that dive like that, when you anaesthetize them, they can go into a dive mode. And you've got to try and bring them out, otherwise they won't breathe again and, and they will die. So you've got to be very careful with anaesthetics with uh, animals like seals or if you're ever thinking about anaesthetizing a dolphin, which thankfully I've never had to. Because um, they're heavy too, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, seal. they're big animals. Seals and, and dolphins, and they're, mm. they're mighty heavy, mighty mm. heavy. And you've, yeah, even, you've even worked on a little fish as Yeah, well. aquarium fish. Um, I, I think we mentioned it once on the Doggy Pod, and if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to all the episodes of the Doggy Pod. <laughs> Every episode, find, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a jaguar siglet, a very unusual fish uh, that someone had bought, and something was coming out of its – they only have one hole. Like birds, they don't have a hole you know, for the urine and a hole for the feces. There's just one hole. Everything goes in and out of that, called the cloaca. And uh, this animal was, you know, things were coming out of there. They'd called the specialist in Queensland. He said, you may as well put it down. They don't survive. 
And then they came here and I said, well, look, you know, it probably won't survive, but let's do surgery. And how big a fish to, are we talking? How, what's it, how oh, big? this was probably about about a foot or how big's a foot? Um, <laughs> how many centimetres is that, people? I don't know. Yeah, I'm an old that, guy. Yeah, that big, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, about the um, size of a ruler. Yeah, the people, the kids use at school. <laughs> no, you're that really size. Old, yeah. yeah, that many centimetres. Okay, so um, it wasn't tiny, tiny. Uh, no, no, it wasn't too tiny. It was big enough that I could see there was stuff coming out of its cloaca and that was bad and this animal was going to die. So we bubbled some anaesthetic gas into the water and that's how I anaesthetised oh. it and it bubbled, put the bubbles up near the gills and then we got him out of the water and kept, but kept the kept water flowing through the gills with anaesthetic gas in it. That's how I anaesthetised wow. him. He, he kept still. Uh, I cut him open. We explored. We literally desexed this fish and sewed him up or her up. Uh, but why did you desex it? Did you think that well, because that's what was, the problem was? The, the organs were coming out of the uh, cloaca. So she was herniating out oh. of the, the cloaca. They were outside the body. You know, the organs oh. in, in a fish... Um, mainly are inside, and not all. Like in male sharks, they um, they have claspers where they grab the. You can tell a male shark from a female um, often because males have these two things where they grab the female when they're copulating, and they they're called mm. claspers. Uh, but you can't tell with these fish, no such thing. So you know, we managed to get everything out and. Uh, then we had to wait and see. Well, this thing went on to live for quite a few years. You know, I'd see these people in the supermarket <laughs> locally, still going. Oh, great, <laughs> good news. So I'm, guess, I'm guessing it was a very expensive fish. It was, but I mean, look, you know, um, when we get cases like that, we just we do it out of interest. We do it for the animal's sake first and foremost, out of interest to see if we can help the animal. And uh, well, we don't charge for that sort of thing because we don't know if it's going to work or not. But it was worth a try, and it did work. one of the most common pets here in Australia anyway as well as dogs and cats are, are budgies budgerigars and uh, probably to a lesser extent parrots but certainly there's lots of budgies around and um, I mean and budgies aren't big they're a small bird uh, have you had to operate on, on a budgie at any time? <laughs> yeah Sounds we've, bizarre. Had, uh, we've had budgies with the main, main reason you have to operate on a budgerigar is usually a tumour somewhere but how do you know? and I mean, well, you see, you see it bulging. I mean, like I said, they're little guys, yeah. so tumours tend to bulge somewhere, and you have to remove them for one reason or another. Sometimes a broken wing or a, a broken leg. Uh, there are other reasons. So if ever you come across a budgie, if, you, or if you've got a budgie and it gets injured in any way, or you're worried about it, yeah. the big thing while you're waiting to see the vet, keep it warm. Don't try and do too much to it. Keep it warm, quiet, and dark. That will help the bird. Uh, very, very much. Um. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. And we try and diagnose it. It's not always easy to do. There are very good bird specialists. I am not one of them. We built a big aviary outside our practice. Yeah, you've got lots of bird birds in there. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that that aviary. It, it's a bit of a Darwinian aviary. Um, it, it's a rescue <laughs> aviary for you know birds that need rescuing. We first built it because a, a a dear old lady couldn't live where she was living anymore. She had quite a few birds, and said, "What am I going to do with them?" She was in tears. She didn't want to just separate the pairs and everything. So we built this big aviary and put the birds in there and they lived happily. And then other people come along, oh, look, you know, I've got found this bird and it's so injured and it was, you know, mangled wing or something, it was never going to fly. So you'd fix the bird and put it in there. Or they, you know, people were moving house and couldn't take exotic birds with them. So so what would happen if they let the birds them? free? Would they not they survive? They would die. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, if, if I could uh, let a bird free... To survive, absolutely, 100%. Off they go, please. So, uh, often when we're uh, fixing birds, native birds have been hit by cars yeah, or yeah, uh, f- uh, flying to a window, um, then we try and rehabilitate that bird back into the wild. Uh, I had it once with a pelican. You're not going to believe what happened to this pelican. <laughs> hit by a car and it broke its beak. I'm serious. Yeah, that bigger beak. But you don't live anywhere pelican. near the ocean. How are you looking after a pelican? No, pelicans still fly out this way. It was one down because there's big really? lakes in that. Oh, yeah, okay. down the river. Right, right. And so we had a, a pelican with a broken beak. We patched oh. it up. <laughs> yep. If somebody, as an example, the, the lady you were talking about had all these birds, if she just let them free, like budgies or whatever she had, would they oh, yeah. just not survive because they're just used to being fed? Yeah, they probably wouldn't make it. Yeah, you know, once it, if they're over um, domesticated in cages and over humanized, I guess, then mm. they're going to have trouble out in the wild finding food and knowing where to go to get the food because it's been delivered to them every day. Mm. So it becomes problematic. Uh, you have to same with um, you know animals where people have tried to get them back into the wild, like dolphins, for example, when the yeah, there'd been a big move to push to get rid of dolphinariums and yes. put them back in the wild. Yes. Well, you can't just let them go if you do that. You've got to teach them to catch fish. 
Otherwise, they're going to die out there. C- catch live fish that are wriggling live around, fish. not ones that yeah. are given to them dead already, yes. So it's a diff- different ballpark that they go into and they have to really know how to bat their way through through a lot of obstacles to uh, get through life. So it's once you've either not so much domesticated but you've tamed a wild animal in some way, putting it back in the wild is a big project. And uh, the people who do that do a very good job. You know, mm. they, there are people dedicated that, that will do that sort of thing and keep watching that animal until you think, yep, it's now sustaining a healthy life in the wild and it's, it's on the turn. Yeah. It's not easy to do. So just back to budgies for a sec. If you were operating on a budgie, you would have to uh, anaesthetise it with, like just put uh, something, a little cone or something over its head so it could just breathe in the gas. The Is that first, what you first animal I ever operated on, um, we didn't have a lot of money. We had this chick, we have these chickens. This chicken op- developed this tumour. <laughs> And I thought, well, I've got to do, yeah. I thought, I don't, you know, everyone's saying put it down, cut its head off, and oh, no, I could do that. I, you know, I got this get attached to all animals, and I got a um, an empty roll, uh, you know, the cone from a toilet paper roll, the cardboard oh, cone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuffed it with cotton wool. Got some ether from the chemist, and the chemist said, "Oh, what's this for?" I said, "Oh, to anaesthetize the chicken." I said, "If anyone asks you, <laughs> it's for cleaning glass." I said, oh, okay, cleaning glass. So yeah, put the ether in there and it knocked it out. We cut it open. My friend and I and my mother came in halfway through. Yep, my mother came in halfway through. Said, "What are you doing?" So trying to save this bird. She was, "I'm going to call you the RSPCA anyway." So you were just a kid at this stage. Oh yeah, I was uh, end of year year eleven. It was sewed sewed this bird (laughs) up in high school. Sewed this bird up after we got the tumor out and uh, yeah put it back in with the others. I, t- I must have scared the hell out of it because it started laying a lot of eggs afterwards. It was really, really? good. <laughs> so you actually knew what a tumour was and how to get rid of it? Yeah, well, I went to the library because no uh, no internet in those days. No. Went to the library, looked up. I remember there was Black's Veterinary Dictionary and a whole lot of other books that I read on animals and uh, thought, I think I'm, I'm going to give this a go and it worked. So maybe that's where I get my attitude of, well, why just chop its head off? Why don't, why don't try and do something for the animal? Well, you could have chopped its head off and then it could have ended up in a stir-fry. <laughs> very, very easily, but uh, no. Nah. You know. No, it kept laying eggs. It, it had a good life. <laughs> oh, aren't you good? What a wonderful vet you are. So let's just, I just just dry, dive back in the water for a second, Rob. Yeah. Not that you yeah, would yeah. dive in the water with a crocodile, but I know that you've actually worked on a crocodile. Or ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you worked on some big guys and uh, where? Um, the, now, don't tell me there's crocodiles around your part of the world. I, no, I, no, I know no. You're pulling they, these, are, these are in zoos that people have had. Yeah. Um, there was a a private zoo that was building up. Uh, quite a stock of animals called Notre Dame. Uh, was that here in Sydney? Mul- Mulgoa, yeah, yeah, out that way. And he had a lot of um, baby crocodiles and they all, they became very sickly. Um, these are freshwater crocodiles, Johnson River crocodiles, but they all started, um, you could see they had fungus um, on them. It was like, to me, right. it looked like a On fungus. their skin? Yep, 
Yep. And, uh, and I think it's because it's overcrowding and stress and a lot of other reasons. Mm. Often if it's the husbandry isn't 100%, animals get sick. It mm. often relates to that. So, um, I mean, it reminded me of a, a case I had uh, going back a little bit. I was doing a course out at Macquarie Uni and the professor had uh, a pair of Queensland lungfish and he said, oh, since you're a vet, you better come and have a look at these. And they had fungus streaming out of them as well. Mm. And I thought, oh, gosh, this looks really bad. And he tried all the normal things for fungus. I thought, well, what are the worst funguses I know? I thought of thrush and, uh, and ringworm. So I got some tablets for, that we use on ringworm, crushed them and kept squeezing those in their, uh, in their gills and got some... Um, cream that they use for thrush in ladies and uh, squirted that into their gills. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it worked really well. So I, I, when I was saw this in these um, these freshwater alligators, uh, um, I thought Johnson River crocodiles, they, I thought, you know what? I think we're going to treat these a very similar way. So they all got sprayed each day with some iodine, which is iodine is great. It kills bacteria kills funguses and it kills viruses as well. Mm. So they got a spray with um, iodine each day by me and you know, watched the effect of them. That was, They were fine. And uh, crushed a little, a little bit of a, a tablet called Grisio fulvum, which is an antifungal tablet. Uh, crushed that up and put it in their food and got them going with that each day and then uh, just kept working on the environment, making sure the water was always clean, increasing the the available uh, room they had virtually and they all got better so what's the difference between good. a crocodile and an alligator um well they're alligators, two different animals right yeah different there's different species uh, you know our, our saltwater crocodile is probably the most ferocious of all these reptiles that you know it's real dinosaur and and they grow really big mind you the the american alligator is not to be um mm. s- looked at lightly either because it will uh, take alleg- you in. Yeah, we don't have alligators no. here, do we? No, we have Johnson River crocodiles, and which are yeah, more our freshwater crocodiles, and rarely do they attack. And then we have our saltwater crocodiles, and we all know they, they attack, attack yes. and so you must never smile at them. <laughs> have you ever had to operate on one? Uh, no, I've never had a major surgery on a crocodile or or even uh, any alligators. Mm. Not yet. Mm. Well, you're still young. Anything could happen. Excellent. Thank you very much. And what about dogs? Have you ever worked on dogs? A couple, now and then, yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes, I, and we... I reckon in your time, and I'm not suggesting for a second, Rob, that you might be you know, getting on a bit or anything, but um, you would have looked at, like, literally thousands of dogs. Yeah, I look um, like probably thousands. In, in the year... In a year, I'd, I would look at thousands of dogs. In a year? Oh, I'm thinking yeah. over your career. <laughs> oh, in I, a year, you would look at I'd thousands of dogs? I'd be over a thousand dogs. dogs in a year. And I know that for a fact because wow. um, we look at we do things like um, give individual numbers to all our patients for x-rays, for example. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, well, just this year, we're into about 1,500. Now, that's with all of it, putting their numbers on. Hmm. Um, but then our cases are all numbered as well. And, you know, I usually get over a 1,000 cases for a year very easily, very easily. Wow, that's a lot of uh, happy, healthy animals. 
thanks to Dr. It's Rob. just great. Look, I, I, I've been blessed. It is a blessing to be able to do this. For me, it is. Mm, mm. To be able to help people with their animals. Um, yes, and as I often say to people, I love people that love their animals. That They are good people. They're, they are salt-of-the-earth people. Uh, mm. And if you if you are one of these people that hates dogs, which <laughs> does happen, please surrender yourself to the police. You're a psychopath. <laughs> I don't think there's any of those listening to the doggy pots. No, no, none of them are listening to me. If you know someone, kick them and just give them to the police. Well, I reckon that most doggy pod <laughs> listeners wouldn't know anybody either that doesn't like no, them. No, so they no. Just, they just they're all good just people. They just don't mingle. No, no. No. Alrighty, thank you very, very much for listening to the Doggy Pod. We appreciate it as always. And um, if you're not, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but I'm sure you are. And you know, because there's some great videos there. Doc, Dr. Rob posted this great one the other day of uh, him and Oggy and teaching you how to um, stop your dog from following you when it wants to, and and it's sitting out in the front of the, out, out the front of the shop waiting for you as you go inside. That sort of stuff. Very, very important. Very useful. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and we'll see you uh, next time. And yeah, as Dr. Rob mentions, write us a review. That'd be great. Thank you. And uh, of course, Rob, as always, wants to have the last word. Yeah, look, at the, at the moment, a lot of people are saying, gee, it's a real tough time around the world. And it really is. So hang on to your dogs. Give them a hug. Please, you know, if you're feeling down, the place to find some solace is in your dog. I'll, I'll promise you. Go for a walk and talk to them. Tell them your troubles. They'll always be there for you. So, folks, till next time, see you again. See you next time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.